I'm a follower of Jesus. It's the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature. We are currently in a series called the Top 10 Spiritual Laws as determined by our listeners over the last 16 years. They're in no particular order. Uh, I've already given the ones I think are, are the best and uh, I think about 25 of them, uh, especially the greatest principle and the foundational material. These were the favorites of our listeners over the years. So I hope you enjoy this one. And it's called Availability Bias. Okay? I believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, perfectly made and designed by God for happiness, for health, for uh, success, at least the right success for me, which may not mean money, but I will feel successful if, if God's will is done in my life as far as what I do and where I go and, and uh, what I do for work and that sort of thing, okay? The problem, it, the problem to me is that very few people I meet are really living that way. Most of the people I meet are struggling to get by or they are hiding terrible addictions inside that are eating them alive at home even if they look right to other people on the outside. I meet very few people these days who I would say, man, that person is just absolutely doing it, living every day pretty much in love and joy and peace. I mean, think, bad things happen to them and they have problems come up but goodness, it just seems like they are always joyful, always at peace, uh, laugh easily, help other people easily. I mean, goodness, I wish I felt that way. But in my experience, very few do. Well, there's a brain mechanism, a newly found brain mechanism called availability bias that I believe is related to that. Um, I almost never read uh, in 16 years doing this program. I've probably done it 10 times, but I've got to read this. This is so good, and it, it's so... Um, I, I just think you'll enjoy it. It'll give you a very different perspective than maybe you have right now. Uh, availability bias is a function in the brain that they believe causes us to naturally lean to the negative, and to tend to think to take things out of context for safety reasons, for survival-based reasons. Okay, and uh, Steven Pinker is a psychologist who wrote a best-selling book uh, about that. And this is an article from USA Today by Jeff Stiebel, October twenty-third, two thousand eighteen. So. Um, I'm going to read this because I'm compelled to read it. I think, I, I, th I hope and, and think you'll be glad I did. This is the article I'm reading now. The view from the freeway near my Los Angeles home was apocalyptic this summer. 
Thick black clouds from a nearby fire stretched across the sky. Ashes covered vehicles as we were all brought to a standstill by a multi-car accident. It was, it was close to 110 degrees, and I thought of the firefighters in the heavy gear working tirelessly to get, to get California's many wildfires under control. The world has gone to hell in a handbasket, I found myself muttering to myself. Whether you live near a natural disaster or not, it's easy to have a pessimistic outlook these days. Politics, global warming, harassment, prejudice, disease, racial issues, famine, all litter the news. Unstable countries have nuclear weapons and Russia is meddling with democracy. The national deficit is off the charts and Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. Kids are addicted to video games and millennials are still living with their parents. We don't know our neighbors anymore and crime seems to be on the rise. At least that's the narrative that most of us believe. A Pew research study from last year showed the majority of Americans feel that life in America was better 50 years ago than it is today. Psychologist Steven Pinker looked at similar studies around the world and found that the great majority of Earth's inhabitants feel the world is getting worse. <clears throat> Habits are hard to break, and that might, may not be a bad thing, okay? That's one of the uh, research studies he looked at, and there's a whole bunch of others. But anyway, uh, Pinker looked at all these studies all over the world from people's perspective, is the world getting better or worse? Uh, and, and virtually all of them, the conclusion was the world is getting worse. Okay, reading again. Yet, these feelings simply do not mesh with reality. The world is far better than it was at any other time in history. Consider the facts. The average life expectancy is way up and child mortality is way down. Famine and hunger rates have virtually collapsed. Economic output per person is up across the world, and extreme poverty is down. It was reported recently that more than half of the world's population is now middle class or better. Think of that 50 years ago. Think of that 100, 200 years ago. At more than 50% of the entire world's population is living at middle class or better. Wow, that one blew me away. Um, inequity has decreased around the globe. There are fewer wars happening now than at any point in human history and nations are trending in that direction. Violence is down worldwide including bullying, raping, and domestic abuse. Now, this was a couple of years ago, but overall, except for some of this COVID stuff, these numbers are still down. This is even true for notoriously brutal places, such as Mexico, where violence rates are one-fifth of what they were a century ago. To top it off, our quality of life is better. We spend more time with our children, less time in the office, less time doing housework than at any point in the last 50 years. And even the poorest people of all have significantly more spending money. 
you can get all this data and these facts from and it tells you where to get them. But here's the bottom line. If the world is objectively better than ever, why are we so pessimistic? Part of the reason has to do with our brains and a quirk called availability bias. When we see the negative news report, we don't put it into context. Instead, a report of a murder in the town next door makes us think that killings are common, when in fact that's not true. Another factor is the brain's bias automatically to lean to the negative. Bad things loom larger in our minds and are prioritized over good things. We evolve that way because paying attention to potential dangers is necessary to survival. Okay, so as a believer, how am I supposed to take this availability bias news, research, discovery, whatever you want to say? Well, it's clear to me. I mean, God tells us, um, think about these things what is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise, etc. And the peace of God which passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He's telling us, don't think about those negative things. Now maybe think about it to fix it, but then get your mind and heart focused on what's true, what is excellent, worthy, what is a beauty, beautiful. Prioritize those things. He says, focus on what is unseen, not on what is seen. What is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary. Focus and prioritize the um, most important, all right? And the biggest one of all, Jesus is asked, is there a greatest commandment? It's love. And love is what we all want most and is the opposite of negative. That's the ultimate positive. The opposite of love is fear, and fear is where all that negative stuff comes from. Afraid I'm going to get sick. Afraid I'm going to get murdered. Afraid I'm going to get uh, in trouble with the IRS. Afraid I'm going to get wet when I, wasn't, when I didn't bring my raincoat. That's where fear comes from. Love is the positive opposite of that. Mo the most positive. And Jesus said, if you love, you've done it all. And John said, you will know if they belong to God or not by that one thing, how they love. The most positive thing of all. All right? So clearly, God, even though if, if the availability is a function inside us that God built, He wants us to overcome that. He wants us, in spite of that feeling, to choose to focus on what is true, lovely, the positive, what is love-based, okay? So what's the problem with that, and, and how do we do that, all right? I think there's three things. Number one is to recognize that you naturally lean to the negative, okay? You've got to be aware of that all the time to compensate. No, I, I know this is what I... This was my off-the-cuff thought, but I have a natural tendency built in to lean to the negative, so let me intentionally pull that back to the middle or even the positive. To understand, you lean to the negative. To understand that your heart, your unconscious mind, the thing that's in control, naturally prioritizes the, net, the most negative memory 
about every issue of your life. And to understand that, to realize that, and to say, no, I am choosing love in spite of that prioritization. I'm in, I, yeah, I immediately felt irritation, but I'm going to turn and choose to feel, to, to live in love, do whatever I do, meaning also my thoughts and emotions over the next 30 minutes in love as best I can. So yeah, I'm feeling irritation, but I'm intentionally saying, please give me dying grace at dying time for this situation and let me not experience the irritation, which I believe may come from errors and the availability bias. Let me focus in love. Let me focus in truth. Let me focus on the fact that I'm saved by grace and there's nothing I can do to earn that, there's nothing I can do to lose that unless I just turned away from you. So I'm saved. I, I mean, that's I believe I'm in that situation, and you need to be in that situation if you're not get there, okay? But God's grace is the most positive, unbelievable news there's ever been. I've, I've joked over the years that, you know, marketing... Um, there's, oh, this is good. Then there's, oh, this is better. This is the best. This is great. This is like a miracle. And very often it's not, right? And the best news there has ever been in the history of the world, what did God call it? Good news. <laughs> not great, not miraculous, not... But it is miraculous, Okay? So if you are right with God through Jesus, you are saved. God's grace covers you. You can live in the right and wrong system number two that we talked about in the greatest principle in the foundational material. You can live there where if you do good, you get good. But if you do bad, you still get good long term every time. And that calls into play Romans 8 all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to your purpose. Those who are living in love and right with God. God guarantees everything will work out for your best. But you need to be aware that you lean to the negative that your heart prioritizes the most negative, and you need to heal that those errors, those 50% of errors that the studies say are in our heart right now. You need to heal those. Do the, the um, miracle meditation, the vagus nerve stuff, uh, dying grace, turning it into a prayer, trilogy, memory engineering, but go to work and heal that stuff. And then realize I naturally lean to the negative. My heart naturally prioritizes the most negative memory about any issue. And the number one job of the unconscious is to keep me alive, not happy or healthy. And it will sacrifice happy or healthy if I just let it. It'll sacrifice happy or healthy for survival, and usually when I'm not in danger anyway. Our, our fear response is supposed to go off once or twice a year for 15 minutes and then right back into peace. The latest research says the average person's going there 5 to 30 times a day. And I think it's because of availability bias, because 
your mind and heart prioritizes the negative, the most negative memory in every issue and area of your life, and your unconscious mind, which is more than a million times more powerful than your conscious intention, will sacrifice health and happiness for survival. Only our definitions have become devolved over thousands of years to the point that rain, when we didn't think it was going to rain, is indicated as survival. And, and so we're kicked into fight or flight stress over something that was not life or death at all. And now we're living in the negative, not in the positive. Okay? Uh, let me tell you a, a little analogy and then I'll stop. And it's about how our definitions have become wrong. They've been devolved over time. In the Garden of Eden, there was one thing that had the definition of die and kill, and it was eating a certain fruit. But there was nothing else that had the definition of die or kill. If you eat this, you will surely die. Okay? But just one thing. Move forward to caveman days. There's probably five or six things that have the definition of die or kill. Uh, a dinosaur eating me, not finding food, uh, maybe some other guy clubbing me with a head to get my food, all right? Probably five or six things that had the definition of die or kill. And you would only go into fight or flight on one of those five or six, okay? Move forward to the Middle Ages where people were dying all over the place of the flu. Um, uh, there was the Black Plague. Uh, there was not good law enforcement, so people were just killing each other all the time with swords and guns and stuff over arguments. There was rampant poverty. 70-80% of the world's population lived in poverty. Okay, So there was probably 50 things then that had the definition of die or kill. Today, there are hundreds, there are thousands of things that have somehow... Uh, a devolution over time gotten the label and name dire kill. Like it raining when you aren't expecting rain. Or a letter coming from the IRS. Or something not going right at work. Or an argument with someone. Or, ladies and gentlemen, none of those things were ever supposed to cause you to go into fight or flight. None of the... Because none of them are life-threatening. And that's the only way we're supposed to go into fight or flight. So how has that happened? One generation's fears have been stacked on the next generation's fears, on the next generation's fears, to the point that someone living in New York has this fear that they're going to get sick and die and no one will be able to help them. Well, where does that come from? It comes from their ancestor who lived out in the wilderness in pioneer days and got an infection and there wasn't a local doctor so the, the family member died of the infection before a doctor could get there and that's the fear that the guy's experiencing in the middle of New York City who's afraid something's going to happen to him and he's going to die. Now he thinks it's about his current circumstances. But it's not. It's about what happened to his ancestor 400 years ago. Each generation's lies and fears have gotten added on until now we're afraid of everything. So what do you do about it? You use those tools 
to, to fix those 50% of errors in our heart and unconscious mind, and you determine, you set your intention, in spite of what I feel, in spite of what I think, in spite of availability bias naturally leaning me to the negative and taking things out of context, I'm going to pull it back to the positive and make sure I include context. And those 50% of lies and errors that are causing me to maybe not see the truth accurately, I'm going to make sure I go overboard to see the whole truth accurately in order to make the best decision. I'm going to choose to think about what is true, lovely, excellent. I'm going to choose to live in love for the next 30 minutes as best I can and be aware of these things that could push me off of my path. Availability bias, errors in the heart, and the heart's mandate for survival over health and happiness. I'm going to be aware of those and make sure that I don't live that way. God would not tell us to do something if it was impossible for us to do it. He says, think about these things. We, we can. We have to be able to. He says, live in love. We have to be able to. He, it would be cruel to tell someone to do something that was impossible for them to do. But in order for there to be love, there has to be a choice to not love, which is fear. And that's where that comes from. We have both inside us. We can choose. Start choosing love, what is lovely, true, what is unseen, and the peace of God, and all things will work together for your good. Have a wonderful, blessed day. <music>